Amen. Well, good morning, Harvest. I am so glad that you are here. This is going to be a little bit of a different day. You're going to notice right now that we are passing out our registers. If that comes around for you and you're like new around here, we would love to have your contact information. That'd be great. We'd love to be able to uh, get in touch with you and you can ask questions of us, request information, and you're like, man, I do this here every single week. We want you to do it as well because the most important part is right there at the bottom. There's a place for you to fill in your prayer requests and we're, we take that seriously, okay? And uh, so we are really fired up today. Uh, like I said, it's just going to be a little bit different because today is halftime Sunday, and uh, don't worry, we're not going to play football. This is actually a little bit deflated, um, so we're not going to do that. But today is the Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, many of you know where my allegiance lies, uh, because I married the most beautiful New Englander there is, and so yes, we will be rooting for the Patriots, um, and I'm also from Cleveland. So that's why I root for the Patriots. Uh, but if you guys don't have any place that you want to have to watch the Super Bowl tonight, would you join us? We've got our small group. We're going to be at the office tonight watching. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'd love for you to come and join us. We've got tons and tons of food that is coming. Uh, we say around here that we want to be a church that welcomes without judgment. Uh, but I'm just warning you, that does not necessarily apply to our small group. We probably will evaluate you based on the types of snacks that you would bring whether we're going to let you in or not tonight. Um, I'm just kidding. We will not do that. We want you to come. We have tons of food, but we want you to be there. That's not the reason this is Halftime Sunday, though. The reason this is Halftime Sunday is because we are halfway through our ministry year. You'll remember back in September, on uh, September 11th, we celebrated our fourth anniversary as a church on Vision Sunday. You remember that? Can you believe we're already halfway through our ministry year? That's just absolutely crazy to me. Uh, but what, what, what do you do at halftime? What is the purpose of halftime in a game? It, it's, it's that moment where we take a break, right? We're, we're going to get everybody together. We're going to evaluate how things are going. We're going to celebrate what we've been doing really well. We might need to make some adjustments and go over the game plan again and then get pumped up for the second half. Well, that's our goal today. You ready for that? You ready to do this? All right, well, come on, man. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We are going to get into our Bibles so if you would take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we want you to raise your hand real quick, because one of our ushers would be happy to give you one. We want you to have a copy of God's Word in front of you. Can you tell that I've had way too much coffee today? There is so much exciting things that I'm ready to, I am so fired up to share with you. Uh, but uh, those of you who were there with us on uh, Vision Sunday, back on September 11th, you'll remember this right here. This is our theme we are praying all year long, God, work. That's what we're asking. And that simple prayer uh, reminds us that we are absolutely dependent on God and we are expecting Him to do what only He can do. That is a God-sized prayer. We're praying, God, we, want, we don't want... Uh, we, we don't want to just ask for things that like, well, we can do that on our own. We don't want that. We want to be praying and asking that He would do it. And there's just no other explanation than God, work. And what if... What if God, it was just so evident that he was present and he was actively working in our church? You want that? Well, so what we want to do today is we're going to take a look back. We're going to celebrate some things. And uh, we're going to kind of evaluate and readjust and refocus and just get pumped up for the second half of our ministry year. But here's my question for you as you're 
there in Acts 2. What does it look like for God to work in his church? What does that look like? Well, if you're there in Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 42. Uh, we're going to look at the early church, and I'm just, I'm just telling you, we're going to uh, come back to this passage again and again to learn from this community. There's so much here. We're not going to be able to mine it all this morning. Uh, but I just want to make some observations about how God was at work in his church, kind of refocus our prayers and refuel our passion uh, for God and the work that he is doing in his church. So if you're there, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you follow along with me as I read. Luke says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so uh, here, here it is. When, when we pray uh, God work, there's just a few things that I want to uh, note here. Here's what we're asking. Here's the first one. God work so we worship. God work so we worship. And now I know that uh, worship is something that happens all day Every day, we want to bring God glory no matter what we do. And yet, there's something special that happens when we gather together on Sunday mornings, right? This is when we come to worship together. And I want you to notice verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the, what does it say? Look at it in the text. I want you to see this. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the what? To the apostles' teaching. Well, what were the apostles' teaching? They're teaching God's word, right? They're teaching them the gospel. We are... Harvest Bible Chapel for a reason. Because we want to unleash God's Word to do what only God's Word can do in our hearts and lives. And the question is, are we a community where God is using His Word to work? Like we, we, we just can't manufacture that, okay? And we need to make sure that this is happening. What happens here on Sunday mornings is vital to the life of our church because we're opening up the pages of God's Word and expecting Him to use this, to work. And we believe that God's Word is powerful. Do you know that? Do you know that God's Word is absolutely powerful? This is it. This is what's going to change people's lives. This is how He's going to work. Uh, listen to this verse in Isaiah 55, 11. You may want to make note of this. God says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the very thing for which I sent it. When God speaks, he uses his word and it works. And so when we are praying God work, we are asking him to use this book. We say this a lot, but I want to know, like, is it true? Is it truly never just another Sunday at Harvest where we are so eager to open up these pages and hear from the living God? Do we know what we are handling when we preach the Word of God? Do you know what we're handling? I, I want to bring some clarity to this, okay? Uh, because I I'm, God is convincing me of this. It's His Word that's going to make the difference. God's Word is powerful. And so when we preach, God's Word is not like a box of donuts. Um, 
I know that many of you actually saw this when you came in and you had your radar up. Um, there are, this is a dozen, actually it's 11, I don't know how that happened. But there are, um, this, is, this is, everybody loves donuts, right? I don't think I've ever met a single person that's like, nah, not interested. Everybody loves donuts. And donuts are sweet and, and sugary and sprinkly. Pretty sure that's not a word. But you know, like, here's the idea. Like, everybody wants donuts. It's nice and easy and fun, and this is not God's word, okay? When you come, don't come just expecting, like, we're just going to tell you what you want to hear, and it's going to be nice, and like some inspirational pep talk or inspirational quotes where we just want to go through. This is kind of like Bible light where uh, we, we just hit the fun stuff. We hit the stuff that's easy and sweet, the stuff that we know that everybody's going to like. Don't settle for that. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. Don't touch those, okay? Um, that's not God's word. That's not what we're doing. But on the flip side of that, God's word is also not like a hammer where we just pound people. I'm not going to, I know, I saw her getting really nervous. We, we pound people with some like legalistic truth with no grace, right? Like do this, do this, do this. And like that's not what we're coming for. And, and, and don't come here uh, expecting to see and, and, and get to watch people who are way bigger sinners than you are just get pounded with the word of God. That's not why we come. That is really good at producing uh, Pharisees, but not really life transformation. And, and if we just come for the good stuff, all the sweet stuff, like all grace with no truth, that's just really good at producing malnourished fair-weather fans who just enjoy going to church when it's easy or when it's fun or when it's convenient, but they're not experiencing life transformation either. We're not going for those things. We want God's Word to change us. And so let me tell you what God's Word is like. God's Word, you may, you may want to make note of this. In Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 12, it says, for the Word of God is living and active, you know it, right, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So here's what God's Word is like. It's not like a box of donuts. It's not like a hammer. God's Word is like a sword that literally cuts. It penetrates into the heart, to the core of who we are. It pierces and you start to feel it. Because it, it gets all the way in to where you have, a, a, maybe there's a heart idol in there where you have something else that you love God, you love that more than you love God. And, and so uh, the, the God's word is like a sword that's willing to cut that out to expose it and convict you and to bring uh, the convincing you that Jesus is actually better. And then it smashes those heart idols and it transforms your hearts and desires so that you want him more than anything. That's what God's word is like. We don't want just something where it's just sick and sweet and yeah, just tell me what I want to hear. And we also don't want to come over here where we're just pounding people with truth and no grace. We want God's word to really penetrate to the core of who we are. Which means that when I preach sermons, I'm not trying to just preach good sermons, okay? Not interested. This is not a performance. Uh, I'm thankful that, that some of you have been touched by these things, but I don't need to hear like, hey, that was a really good sermon. That's not what we're here for. We believe that God's word is going to change us. We're, we need preaching, passionate about that kind of preaching where the spirit of God is actively using the sword of his word to produce life transformation, holiness at the core, where we worship 
him. That's what we want. And so if we are praying this, if we're praying God work, then we have to be absolutely committed to the effective preaching of his word every Sunday. It says that they were uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The, the King James Version says they uh, continued steadfastly, and that might actually be a, maybe even a better translation of that because it has this idea of ongoing. Like, we cannot miss this. We can never lose this. We've got to be committed to this. We've got to be unwavering this. We need God's Word. This is our MO. We're going to open up God's Word and just unleash it to do what only it can do. And I pray that we've been faithful to that and God's been using it. But uh, I'm really excited. Next week, uh, I'm, I'm really fired up. We're going to jump into the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be in Ephesians for five months. And we just go verse by verse. We just want to see what does God's word tell us. And, and we're just going to see over and over, uh, this is who we are in Ephesians. This is who we are in Christ. Once we hit the summer, we'll hit Jonah. But we love this, bu- this book and we want God to work through it. So we're praying, God, work so we worship. Because that's what his word produces. Look at verse 47. You see it there. The beginning of verse 47 says they were praising God. Are you thankful for our worship team? I just love them. I'm so thankful for their hearts. I'm so thankful that they so skillfully lead us in praise and uh, we sang that song this morning, God Work. You recognize that song? No, the reason you don't recognize that song is because Ben actually wrote that song for our church. And I just think, I'm just so thankful for his giftedness, his talents, and, and his leadership in this. We want to pursue this together. We're saying, God, work so we worship. And look what it produces, verse 43. If you, I know we're jumping all over this, but we're just mining and making some observations about what this early church looked like. Verse 43, it says, and awe came upon every soul. Why? Because they saw God working. Is that what we experience on Sunday mornings as we gather together here at Harvest? Oh. Not just like, yeah, it was good, made the time go fast, I kind of liked it, but no, 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 no. We're we're sensing awe because we are encountering the living God and seeing His active hand powerfully working in our corporate worship service. We say, as we're, we're pursuing this, we, we put a lot of time and strategy and planning into this. We want it to be a high-impact service. That's what we're going for. Not just a good service. Not something that's fun. Not something that's just going to punch you. We, we want something that is high-impact where God is working. And you see fruit there. The Lord was adding to their number Day by day, those who are being saved. We just believe that when God shows up and he uses his word and he inhibits our praise, we're going to see fruit out of that. Do you want that? Do you want God to work so we worship? Well, then here's what we're going to do. I told you this is a little bit of a different Sunday. Would you stand with me? You just put your Bibles down. We're going to stand together. And uh, this is our prayer. We've been praying, God, work. And so what I want you to do is find just a couple people around you. And uh, we're going to pray together. And I know some of you are like, man, I'm totally uncomfortable with that. That's weird. That's okay. Uh, You can just listen. Find a couple people around you. We're going to pray. Pray this. Pray God would work through the preaching of his word every Sunday. 
Pray that he's gonna work in our songs and our praise. Pray that he makes our Sunday mornings a high-impact service where we encounter God, where we are changed, where lost people are saved, and where we truly worship him. So find just a couple people around you right now. We're just gonna take one minute, and we're just gonna pray together that prayer. God, work in our church. Let's do this right now. Just pray, God, work in our church. Father, I love seeing this. We just want to cry out to you. This is our prayer. We're asking that you would work and we're expecting because we want you to draw our, our eyes, our hearts, our desires to you. We just believe that you are glorious. And if we see your glory, that makes all the difference. So we're praying that you would work so that we are a church that worships you and will give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're, you're not going to be done praying, but you can find your seat right around you. Uh, but here, if, if you know, um, when we say God work, we're praying that he would work so that we worship. But we're also praying this, God work in our walk. God work in our walk. You notice it says, verse 42, they devoted themselves not only to the apostles' teaching, but also to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so we want this kind of community where we are learning to walk with Christ together. And uh, here's where we just get to celebrate, okay? Because I think we have the most evidence that this is how God has been working in our church. We just love being together. And uh, we, we just have this growing excitement uh, to be a part of this church family. So what I want to do is now, we're going to bust out the uh, family photo album. I want to show you some highlights over the last few months just some of the things that we've gotten a chance to do. This is kind of like film study at halftime, okay? And, and we just want to highlight some of the events and the fun things that we've been able to do together pursuing community. Uh, ladies, here's one. Uh, back in October, you remember the women's night out? That was a lot of fun. I was not there for that. Uh, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure, was it Old Town Alexandria? Is that where you went? You had like tacos and shopping. And Listen, this is really important, ladies, because we know that uh, in Northern Virginia, our community, it's really hard to find encouraging and genuine community, and you need some godly girl time. And uh, so I am actually told that my wife and our other small group leaders uh, currently have another women's night out in the works. And so more details are coming. This is going to happen on a regular basis because we need this. We need to get together like this. And then we had a uh, dating conference back in November. Uh, we, had, we have a lot of singles in our church, and uh, let me say, uh, singles, we are so thankful for you. So thankful for your heart for the Lord and uh, your desire to come and serve. And they had a lot of fun getting together with Ben and Robin at their house and, and uh, going through some excellent teaching from Pastor Matt Chandler and his wife, Lauren. That was a lot of fun. And then we had a pastor appreciation potluck, and uh, I got to tell you, this one actually shocked 
the mess out of me because uh, Ben and Robin and uh, myself and my wife Carissa, we had absolutely no idea that you guys were planning that, which means you're really good liars. Uh, but we had a lot of fun nonetheless, and uh, I just got to say, we love you. We love this church family. That was a whole lot of fun. Uh, then we had a Christmas party not too long ago. Remember that? We had a whole, look at, look at all these festive folks we had. We had a whole bunch of people that were there, and, and I want you to check out this game. Uh, th- we, we were having some fun with this. Um, this is, I know, I got to get out of the way. This is, I believe that's Will Johnson, Mr. Will Johnson. Was that you? That was you. I have no idea whether he's being wrapped as a Christmas present or decorated as a Christmas tree or just like a lynch mob, but they were having a whole lot of fun nonetheless, and um, we, it was entertaining to watch. We had an awesome night of food and discovering your impressive Christmas movie trivia and a sweet time of worship together. It was just a lot of fun. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we also had our Gavin Stone movie night. Uh, we, had, uh, we, we filled out a few rows, and uh, we had a lot of fun there in the theater. It was cool to see our, our fellowships, Vertical Church Films, hit the big screen together. Listen, we just, we're committed to having some fun together. We're committed to this fellowship. This is so important, and we are going to have more events like this because we want this kind of community. We want to build this community. But the most important area where we see God at work in our community is in our small groups. And I know that when you think small groups, you're like, oh, that's a Bible study, so it's like really serious. We're going to get in, and it's, you know, it's going to be all where everybody's going to be crying, and they're going to expect us to hug and all of that. And sometimes that happens. But you just got to know that we have a lot of fun together. We really do. Here is our uh, DC small group, and I'm super excited. They were just inviting new people, and thankful for that. We want to be that kind of community. We also have our Centerville small group. And, and by the way, take more pictures, guys. For crying out loud, it took us forever to like hunt some of these down. And we just had, we, I know you enjoy being together. Uh, so here's, here's some evidence. We actually uh, multiplied out. We, at the beginning of the year, back in September, we started a brand new small group here in Fairfax. Uh, that would be this one. I suppose we're Fairfax number two. And uh, that, that is actually, we had a, a cook-off, a pumpkin-themed cooking contest. This, this church knows how to eat. Uh, that was actually really important for Carissa and I. Uh, to decipher whether God was really calling us to move here to Fairfax or not, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, that on the other side is, um, that is uh, the Rumbaugh's small group. Uh, I believe you're called um, OG. Is that, is that old guys? Is that what it stands for? Sure, we're going with that. So they had a lot of fun, and that was really classy. And then I saw, I know you saw that this was uh, Mr. Rumbaugh's post just a few days ago. I, didn't, I have no explanation for this. This. Um, Apparently, there are free massages at small group. I mean, you talk about uh, getting vulnerable and close in your small groups. You just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> we love having fun together. And listen, like, we need it, okay? We love to laugh together because sometimes we really do need to cry together. And uh, we have things that we need to encourage one another with. And um, we have to share our struggles. So our small groups, this is where we care for each other. And um, we kind of think of it like a safety net, okay? Uh, We we know that this doesn't, uh, it's not fail safe, but um, we don't want anybody to fall without anybody being there to hold them up and to pick them up and to encourage them. And so we want to do the best we can to know what's going on in your life, and care enough to listen and to help and to walk with you through it. And so to do that, um, just to highlight what God's been doing, I'm going to ask Anissa 
to come on up here. And uh, Anissa is going to share. I asked her to share a little bit of a testimony. Many of you know that uh, Mark Tyler, her husband, um, has been, uh, he, he is in the Air Force, and he has been on, look at that, there he is. He has been on a two-year, uh, or a one-year deployment uh, in Afghanistan. And so, Anissa, would you, I've asked you, would you share with us uh, how has our church family uh, been able to be an encouragement to you and support to you and your girls while he, he's been away? Um, absolutely, I'd love to, but um, can you take care yes, of him? Can, he doesn't stand well on his own. Yes. Okay. I got him. Um, so this is my flat husband, Mark Tyler. And um, <laughs> uh, first of all, so Mark left in November, and then the girls and I took off for a six-week trip. And the first thing I want to say is that we have been loved in ways that I didn't expect. Uh, first of all, when I'm gone, um, sometimes you get forgotten about, but Mark wasn't forgotten. Um, care packages were sent from the church to him while, he was, while I was away. And as you can see, these are care packages that aren't just like, guys overseas get care packages all the time. These are not just any kind of care package. If you look at what's in them, you can tell that they know Mark. <laughs> uh, we got over here like Wired Magazine, Money oh. Magazine, Skittles. Uh, that's some big, that's a big deal. Okay, you guys know him well. And then, of course, the Cubs towel. Yeah, y'all know him well. Um, but then also, I got a Christmas gift while I was gone that I didn't expect. Um, I got a gift in the mail in Texas from a family here that um, was a monetary gift. Uh, that was actually the biggest Christmas gift I got from anybody, even beyond my own family and friends. And that Christmas gift from a family here, just saying, hey, we love you. And we're thinking of you guys while your husband is away. And that gift ended up being the opportunity for my girls and I to go to a Christian family, a military Christian family retreat for a weekend. Um, and that was completely unexpected. They didn't know my need. They didn't know why God had prompted them to send it. Um, but it was very clear that God, um, you know, how is God working? He's moving and he's bringing us to mind in the hearts of the people in the church. And I appreciate that. And I can see God doing that. Um, now, as far as the small group thing, you talked about things being weird. Yeah. So every Thursday night, I willingly choose to get together with this really random group of people. And we are not getting together because we share common interests or hobbies. Definitely not because we share common politics. We're not ethnically the same. We're not demographically the same. But yet we get together every single Thursday night, and it's because we have a common bond in Christ. And so how I've seen God work there is he has taken quite a hodgepodge group <laughs> and has made us into a family and has made us into a group together. And the reason, I was asking my girls today, I said, well, why are you glad that mom goes to small group? And one of my girls said, well, with dad gone, you kind of need somebody to talk to. Um, <laughs> But it's really true because not just uh, when we come here and you talk about that sword, every single person in my group that, it, you know, when we go to here on Sunday, we all get a different piece of what God is teaching. And I, my heart is pierced in a certain way. And someone else's heart is pierced in a different way based on their stories and their experiences. And what I hear from Lilia and the way that God is piercing her heart through her experience as an older woman, I need to know because I'm not there yet. And what I hear when we talk about forgiveness and then a friend here who, whose heart is being broken right now, 
because of unforgiveness in her family. When she comes to the small group and shares, I gain from that. Even though it's not my story, I'm gaining a bigger picture of God by what God's doing in her heart. Um, now, <clears throat> when you get deployed, it's like you got this little instinct <laughs> that you kind of want to go like this. <laughs> and you want to like climb into like a hermit's cave and go really far away where nobody knows you. Um, but I can't do that. Um, and part of the reason is, is because I have a different perspective right now than anyone else in this group, in my small group does. No one else has been through deployment. Um, no one else has. We have one other who's, who's done life as a single mom. But that's a unique perspective. And so my heart gets pierced in unique ways. And the things that I'm learning, I'm able to share with the group. And I pray that they're able to grow and experience. Um, I mean, man, deployment's refining. It's intensely refining. It's, so, it's a great form of sanctification. I highly encourage you all to enlist. It's a great way to find out about God. But if you don't want to do that, then at least listen and hear each other's stories so that we don't all have to go through everything. Um, when I go to small group, it's like it would take me 12 lifetimes to gain in learning about God, what I can gain by just going to small group and hearing others. Um, and Mark wanted me to share one verse with you guys. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says that the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If we were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so we have really enjoyed being able to bring our story into it and being able to hear others' stories and uniquenesses in their lives and that we have been incredibly challenged and grown through it. And I pray that that's the same for you guys as well. Yeah, thank you. Could you give her a hand? We love you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thankful for that um, because that's actually what we see in the text here. I, I, I had heard kind of some things that you were doing uh, just to support. And, and if you look at the text there in verse 44, it says, All who believed were together and they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now that is not uh, communal living. That's not like the seeds of communism. You know what that is? It's people that just care. And they're not selfish. And we want to be the kind of community where we just stop thinking about ourselves and selflessly think about those around us. And we're committed to just making disciples who walk with Christ. And so uh, that means that we're encouraging each other in the daily grind of walking with Christ, killing sin and seeing victory and, and aligning our lives with the mission of the church. And we say this a lot. Small groups is where we get messy because we're reminded that uh, in a real community we have to be vulnerable and we have to learn to forgive and we have to uh, bear burdens and we have to uh, then hold each other and accountable and encourage one another. And I'm telling you guys, this is where God is at work in our church. I love this because uh, I, get, I, I love getting texts throughout the week from other guys in my small group and, and they're doing it where they're just encouraging one another. They're checking in on one another and some guy might share something like, man, I'm really just struggling to get in the word and I really want to be faithful to that. And man, the next morning they're like bombarding him with texts and he shoots a text, like a selfie back with him reading his Bible on his commute to work and like on a train. And, 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 and they're like, I just love that they're following up with one another. And our ladies are doing some of the same thing. They have, uh, our, our ladies in our small group, they have a, a prayer requests journal. 
And uh, don't worry, I didn't like read any of this. I, like, I know this is really important private stuff, but at the same time, they're going after it. And they don't want to miss it. They don't want people falling through the cracks. And I know that a lot of this is happening in our group. In fact, how many of you have ever shared a victory or a struggle with someone in your small group here? How many of you have done that? Yeah, love that. Love that. This is where God is at work in our church. I remember just a few weeks ago, I was coming back to the office one Sunday afternoon, and I realized that the door was unlocked. And I'm like, well, who broke into the office? And I saw, like, I opened the door, and I turned the corner, and I see Matt Rumbaugh and one of the guys in his small groups. And they're sitting there at the table with their Bibles open, just one-on-one going at it in discipleship. God is working in our church. Love that. How would you work so that we walk with you? And we're multiplying. We are, I'm, I'm actually excited to let you know that uh, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be multiplying and starting another brand new small group in Fairfax. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday nights. And I'm really excited about that because we want more people to have the opportunity to experience this community and grow in their walk with Christ. And I, I told you, we started this new small group in September. Here we go again. And now we're going to have five small groups plus our crew small group there on George Mason campus. Just praise God. He's working. Do you want God to work in our walk? Do you want that? Well, why don't we pray and ask him to do that? Why don't we stand together? Find those people that you were just praying with. We're going to keep praying for this because we're excited about how he's at work in our church. But pray this, that God would work in our community, that he's going to help us to love him. He's going to help us to love each other. And we're going to grow in our care for one another and pray that we're going to keep multiplying. We want to keep growing. So let's pray that God's going to work so that we walk with him. Pray this together. Father, I'm so thankful for this church church community. Just love, love, love what's happening here, that you are working so that we are growing in our walk with you. And we're pushing each other. We're urging one another on, spurring one another to love and to good deeds. We're holding each other accountable. We're bearing one another's burdens. We're learning to forgive one another. And we're, and, and Lord, I just love this care that's happening. I pray that you would work. We want to walk with you. We want to be faithful. And we're praying that you would work so that we grow in our love for one another and that we keep multiplying. More people will experience this kind of community happening. We will be careful to give you the praise and the glory because you're working. We love it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can find your seat. One last thing. One last thing. I told you we got a lot we're going through. We're praying that God would work so that we worship and work in our walk, but also this. God works so that we work. God works so that We work. We want to make disciples who worship Christ, and we do that in our high-impact service on Sundays. We want uh, disciples who walk with Christ, and we do that together in our small groups. 
And then we want disciples who work for Christ, who are uh, plugging in and serving and using their gifts and their giving uh, to serve the body. And that's what we see there, verse 5, uh, or 45 there. They're distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. That means that they're concerned about what's going on in everybody else's lives, and they're serving and they're giving. And uh, I just want to give you a little bit of an update, all right? Here's our financial update, and uh, we have reason to celebrate. I know that many of you have been asking about this. Uh, you'll remember that back in the fall, uh, we had to call a little family chat. Remember that? Uh, and the reason we did that was because our finance team leader, Miss Christy Rumbaugh, who does just a fantastic job, I'm so thankful for her ministry, uh, she brought to our attention that our giving had been quickly decreasing over the summer, and uh, it was getting a little alarming because it was going in the wrong direction and not really getting better. I'm just telling you, it was not good. And uh, as soon as I heard, I was like, well, we just want to be open and we want to be honest and transparent. So we brought that to your attention and, and we were calling on you to give faithfully and generously. And um, just a few weeks ago, uh, I called uh, Ben into my office. Remember that? I called Ben in my office and said, hey, man, we got to pray. And uh, because when, when we pray and we ask God to work and he does, I want to be careful to make sure we give him the praise and thank him for that. Because we started looking at the numbers back in September, um, and, and that's when we were, um, uh, quite honestly, we were uh, behind on some of our commitments, even some things from the season when we were without a pastor, and we were at a point where our giving was getting so low that we were really facing some uh, difficulties uh, in the coming days. We weren't really sure if we were going to be able to keep paying the bills and really make payroll. It was that scary. And it was a moment we were praying. And so we were looking at those numbers from back in September. And then we got to compare them with the numbers uh, at the end of the year. And I'm just telling you, it was a wow moment. I mean, praise God, he worked. And uh, he's been working through you because you gave. You gave faithfully. And some of you gave really generously. And I'm excited to let you know that we are absolutely completely caught up and then some. We're in a really good place. We just praise God. He's been working, and I just love that. We are looking at a balanced budget this year, and it's just miraculous. Honestly, there's no other explanation than God's been working. So please continue to do that. Our needs are great, but God is working, and I know that you've been faithful to that. So would you continue to do that, uh, and thank you for giving. Uh, but thank you for serving as well. Thank you for using your gifts. God has gifted you to serve the body of Christ and he's going to use you and empower you to advance his kingdom. And, and we want you to plug in and get servant. Because we know that if you're just sitting and soaking it all in, and you're not getting out there and, and serving, eventually you're just going to start to sour and smell. And nobody wants that. Okay, so we want everybody to plug in. And this is actually reason for us to celebrate because our ministry teams are growing. I think about our welcome team. We have that uh, resource table out there in the back. I'm telling you, go get some resources. We have great books out there. Uh, go, get, go get your Harvest Fairfax shirt. Get your bumper sticker. Yes, I know that means you're going to have to drive like Jesus, but we want to get the word out. We're excited about how he's working here. So we have the resource table. We also have somebody out in the parking lot. You all see the parking lot, somebody out there waving? I wanted so badly. I was looking for a picture of Mr. Joshua Cabana. Remember when he had the whole like face mask thing, like complete and, and out there and there, like kind of looked like a terrorist. We were really going for welcoming, uh, but we're really thankful for that. If that's you and you want to help, that's a great way for you to serve. If you're not a morning person, we'll find another place for you to serve. But if you can, uh, even fake a smile, uh, come talk with Ryan Shaughnessy. He does a great job of leading that team. 
We also have uh, our setup team. And, and uh, everything here you see gets, has to get set up, and then it has to get torn down, put in a trailer, and, and anybody can help us with this. But it takes some really special people to be able to put that. That's the nursery floor. That, that's the puzzle floor. It takes some skill to be able to put that together without any of the same colors touching one another. It's really well done. I'm thankful for that. And uh, more people are joining. We now have four trailer drivers. I just love it. And uh, if you are interested in serving like that, thank you for those of you who get up early and help us so that we can really worship Christ. Will Johnson does an awesome job of leading that team. Uh, so thank you for your faithfulness to that. Go help set up. And uh, speaking of nursery, how about our Harvest Kids? Man, we love our kids. And what I love is our kids love one another. There's, there's Flat Mark checking our kids in. We're thankful for his ministry as well. We love our kids. Wasn't it awesome to have our kids leading us in worship and singing scripture this morning? You thankful for that? I just, I'm so thankful. Listen, we want our kids to know Christ. We want them to know his word. We want God to be working back there. So thank you for those of you who just faithfully serve those kids. And just want to recognize Chris Murphy and Jeannie Leibowitz and Kelly Cabana. They have formed a fantastic leadership team, and I am just so thankful for them. Um, absolutely. And we are, we're actually in a really good place, but we always have room for you to serve, okay? Uh, we just keep growing. We just keep getting more kids in more ways than one. In fact, I think uh, since Carissa and I have come here to Fairfax, I think our church family's had like eight babies or something like that. I think it's something, something along those lines, and we're uh, we're waiting, uh, so I, I'm kind of hoping that um, one of these days someone's going into labor while I'm preaching. I think that would be fantastic. So we just keep expanding. We need more workers, and uh, and then this team. I love this. This is hey. This is why, this is why God is working. It's our prayer team. So thankful for them because we're getting on our knees and we're asking. And uh, Miss Lily, I love you. So thankful for what you do. She's um, hey, she also, you never know what's going to happen in, in, in uh, prayer team. We, we had breakfast casserole yesterday. It was awesome. So uh, I'm telling you, we believe firmly in the power of prayer. We want you there. So come talk to Miss Lilia. Show up on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. It is a sweet time. But we're also working hard on our leadership development because we know that if we're growing and we want you to, but we, we want to do more ministry, our leaders need to grow. So we're serious about that. So we uh, took another group through our Uncommon Leadership 101. This was our round two of this class last fall. And this is kind of our small group leaders training. So I'm telling you, some of you, I'm warning you, okay? We're coming after some of you uh, because we're going to want you to go through this as well. Uh, we, we want to be growing our leaders, especially as we keep multiplying. Uh, but then we have some fun at Harvest University. This is, uh, we took some of our leaders up to our church planting fellowships conference that we have every year uh, so that we could really grow as leaders and eat Chicago pizza. It's awesome. And we do this every year and we would love for you to join us. But the reason we're raising up leaders and serving is because we're on mission. We're on mission. You see it there in the text there. They were, um, the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know what that tells me about that community? They're on mission. And they're spreading the gospel. And we are committed to that. We want to take the gospel to Fairfax and Northern Virginia and D.C. and to the nations. And we're so fired up. I'm telling you, we have only just begun. And we have set our sights this year on how we can bless our community. We had a, a night where a couple of our small groups joined together and we were able to go down to one of our nursing homes 
and, and, and go caroling for Christmas. I'm just we just want to bless our community. We want to, we love this place and we want to love these people that are in our community. And I'm fired up to tell you this today. After the service, we've got a group of leaders that are coming together and we are forming a new local outreach team. And they're going to be responsible for helping put some projects together so that we get serving. And we we want to bless our community. And so get ready. We've actually got a huge initiative that's coming in July called Go Beyond, a month of service. We're going to take the whole month and we're getting out into our community, into Fairfax, into Northern Virginia, into D.C. We want to bless our community. We want to adorn the gospel with good works. We want to seek the welfare of our city. We love this place. We're glad God has planted us here and we want to make a difference. And and, and so I'm just telling you, get ready for this. God is working right here. But we want our reach to go beyond just Fairfax. We want to take the gospel to the nations, and so we are committed to church planting. We are a church plant that was planted through Harvest Bible Fellowship, and we plant church planting churches. So we are committed to church planting around the world. That's why we're part of Harvest Bible Fellowship. So I want to show you just a quick video. This is Kirk Van Monden from our fellowship. He's kind of the leader of our international. Just give you a little bit of a global update for how God is at work around the world planting churches with Harvest. Hey Harvest, I'm Pastor Kirk, the pastor of International Church Planting here at Harvest, and I'm so excited to bring you an update. But before I do, I want to tell you that God is building his church. And Matthew 16, 18 says that Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is our passionate pursuit. This is our greatest work, the work of planting churches of these kind that we're committed to, vertical churches around the world. So Harvest, why is all this important? Because we've said this so many times, the mission of the church is missions and the mission of missions is the church. We believe in planting God-glorifying vertical churches like this one. Churches that worship and walk and work for Christ. Listen, this is what we're doing with our lives. Every weekend when you give, part of what you give goes to do this, to build these churches. This is what we're doing. So Harvest, I'm not asking you for anything today but this one thing. Would you pray for these pastors and for these churches? We need the good news of Jesus Christ going forth with boldness in these cities. We can't wait to see what will happen. And here's the good news, you guys. Since the last time we talked, six new Harvest Bible chapels have been planted in Bucharest, Romania, Palanchok, Nepal, Naples, Florida, Windsor, Ontario, Winter Garden, Florida, and St. Louis South, Missouri. And we have two more Harvest Bible chapels that are going to be launching in the next couple of weeks in downtown Minneapolis and in Buffalo, New York. So would you continue to pray with us? God is building his church, and this is what missions looks like. I'm fired up about this because this is what we do. We are so, we, we, we're just committed to this, and, and one of our goals, even financially as a church, we're going to get to the point where we're giving. I want, we want to get to the place where 10% of our budget is out the door. And one of the things that we do, we give 5% of our budget to the fellowship, and it goes to church planting. So this is what we're a part of. We've got a training center in Chicago. That's where Carissa and I went before we came here. And uh, this last fall, we had 40 guys. 
go through that training center. We're just planting more churches. We've got a new training center in Romania, and now we've got the exciting news. We've got a new training center in Haiti, and there are three guys that are going through that. We're just planting more churches. We have a heart for the nations. We want to take the gospel there, and that means uh, some just exciting news. In just a few weeks, uh, we want you to be here the last Sunday in February, February 28th, we're going to have some friends of ours that are going to be with us. You may have seen them before. This is Nate and Marie Newell. We have their prayer card in the back. Uh, he is the pastor at Harvest in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. We caught up with them while we were there in Chicago at Harvest University, and we just love, it is so exciting what God is doing there, and, and, and what a unique opportunity. I think he's actually preached here a couple of years ago before I got here. So they're our friends. That we're going to hear from them in just a couple of weeks, and I'm so excited for you to catch a glimpse of how God is building his church around the world. And then this one I could not be more fired up about. This is Rich and Christy Scheidt. Maybe some of you have met them before uh, they went up into the training center last fall. They came and they worshiped with us. We prayed for them. They are moving back. In fact, they're moving back this week into this area. And the goal is in the next year, they're going to plant Harvest Bible Chapel Ashburn just half an hour north of us. And I am so fired up about that. They're going to be here. We'll get to know them. We are going to do whatever we can to help them plant this church. Is it exciting? God is building his church around the world and we get to be a part of it. Is that not awesome? And so we're praying that God would work so that we worship, so that we walk, so that we work. And that's making disciples. That's our mission. But it's got to be God's work because these bumbling disciples here in Acts 2, it's awesome to see what's happening, but there's no way they're building the church on their own. They needed the spirit of God to work mightily. They needed fire to fall from heaven. Our God is an awesome, all-consuming fire, and they needed that fire to fall afresh and work powerfully in their church, and he did just that, and that's what we're praying for. God, would you fall afresh on us? We want you to work here. Amen? Why don't we stand and we're going to pray that. Let's just sing and pray. God, would you fall afresh here? We want you to work in our church. And we want you to work through our church. God work and do what you want to. And we'll give him the praise and glory. Come on, church. Let's sing this together. All-consuming fire for